All right, get out your Bibles. Matthew chapter 7, let's dive in. Matthew chapter 7, today is going to be good because it is the teaching of Jesus and we have something to learn today. Amen? Narrow or broad, sheep or wolf. Listen, I don't care if you've been saved and spirit-filled for 50 years. Ask the Lord to open up your ears, to open up your heart that you might hear the word of the Lord today. You may be here, and this may be the first time you've ever been to church in years. This word is for you today. It covers the entire spectrum. When Jesus speaks, he covers us all. He doesn't leave any of us out. So I want to, I want to ask you, prepare your hearts to receive today. Amen? Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it. Verse 14, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. Now hear me church, there are two ways to go. Everybody say two. The narrow or the broad And there will be millions that go the broad way. Now, I want you to catch this. He has been talking to his disciples. He has been talking to his believers. He is talking to the church. He's not talking to the world saying some will go by the narrow way, some will go by the broad way. He's talking to believers. He's talking to us. How many of you know you can walk an aisle and give your your heart to Jesus and still not walk the narrow way? So open up your hearts and listen to what Jesus is saying today. The narrow or the broad way. Many will go the broad way, but there's only one way to enter the narrow way. And there are so many different ways to go broad, but only one way to go narrow. And that way is the Sermon on the Mount way. It is the asking, seeking, and knocking way. It is the way that we continue to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That is the narrow way, going after Jesus. We can never continue in the narrow way if we are not Matthew 6.33-ing it our whole life. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That has to be the, 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 uh, the thing that we lead, that we are going after. Everything else will look up and realize, hey, I'm going the right way. If I'm focusing on Jesus and his way, I don't even have to worry about where I'm going as long as I'm going with Christ because Christ now is on the hook to lead me. So as long as I'm following Christ, I am going to be going the right way. Can you get that? If we back off seeking God, we slip into the wide way. Last night, our college group had a bonfire out here, I believe. I could see the remnants of the bonfire still out there, still burning. And it was kind of cool last night. But how many of you know that if you go to a bonfire, you'll only stay warm if you stay close to the fire? I mean, if you just step five feet away from it, you'll start to cool. Same thing with your walk with the Lord. When you get close to the Lord, you start to heat up. You start to get answers. You start to get passion. You start to get faith. You start to believe you can walk through anything that that faces you. And you know what you do? You walk through it. But then you start slipping away a little bit, and you start cooling off. 
and we start going the wrong direction. We start going the broad way. We've got to remain in constant relationship with the Lord in order to maintain a walk worthy of God. And we cannot do it on our own or we will slip into the wide way. And this narrow and wide way, Jesus is talking about people who profess Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's talking about us, the church, not the world. He's talking about people who boast about their walk with God, but they live a lifestyle of the wide gate, the broad way. And it leads to destruction. And it's a popular message. And the multitude, the multitude in the church will go that way. Jesus says, narrow is the gate. And you know what a gate is? Think about a gate out in a field. I don't know if any of y'all are farmers or ever been out on a farm. But there's only one way in and out for a cow to get in and out of a field. And it's by the gate. It is the entryway. Narrow is that entryway. And not only is it narrow, but Scripture tells us it's difficult. And it's a big reason why most go the wide way. Because it's easy. The narrow way is hard. Now, what do you mean it's hard? I mean it's hard because it's hard against your flesh. It goes against the grain. Your flesh wants to do this other thing. The narrow way goes against the flesh. Not many people are doing it, and that makes it hard. How many of you know that when all your friends go in one direction and you go the other, it's hard? It hurts. People make fun of you. They're critical of you. They think you're a fanatic. It's not popular. It's difficult on your flesh because it requires death to your flesh. Self-denial and selflessness. It's hard. How many of you know it's so hard to say no sometimes? It's hard to say no. Especially when your flesh is saying yes. Jesus didn't say it would be easy. We've got to ask and seek and knock when our flesh is saying yes. We've got to go the other direction. We have to work at it. We have to get after it. It's not easy. Luke 13, 24 says strive. Everybody say strive. Strive. Just think about that word. It means you need to give more effort than you're giving. Maybe give more effort than you think you can give. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. How many of you know people are trying to do the right thing but can't? They know what's right to do. Paul even said it. I know what's right to do, but I just don't do it. The Apostle Paul. David, a man after God's own heart. Slipped a few times in his life. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. Everybody wants the benefits, but nobody is willing to strive. But you know, the narrow gate and the broad gate have similarities. They both emphasize the promises of Jesus. Now catch me. Wide is the gate that only focuses on, I'm the head, not the tail, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm, a, 
above and not beneath. I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the country. But we leave out the prior scripture that says, those who hear and obey the word of the Lord. Those are. No, I'm the head and not the tail. Well, it doesn't look like you are. It doesn't feel like I am. But I can say it, I'm the head and not the tail. But I'm leaving out the obedience part. Wide is the gate that only focuses on the rewards, but none of the requirements. Nobody wants the requirements because it boxes us in. God's not like that. God's a God of grace. No, God's a God of grace, but with requirements. God has requirements. There are things that I have to do, number one, to show him that I love Christ. If I'm going to say, Christ, I'm a follower of you, well, are you really? Or can I just say it? And that makes me one. Can you just say, hey, I'm a neurosurgeon. And let me operate on you just a minute. Well, I'm a Christian. Okay. Prove it. How do we prove that we're a Christian? Scripture tells us all how to do it. We're going to see in the next scripture about sheep and wolves how to tell who's on the right track and who isn't. The way you tell isn't by your feeling, isn't by your circumstances. It isn't by all the challenges that you're going through. It's by your fruit. What kind of fruit have you got? Well, I'm a Christian. Really? Are you really? That's what I believe the Lord is saying to us. He has just been teaching us his way, his way, his way. Now he's saying, okay, I've showed you the steps to take to have victory in your life. But so many people are going to get to this point and go the wide way. Don't go the wide way. Go the narrow way. What is the narrow way? Strive through the narrow gate. Strive through the narrow gate. If we remove the warnings and the requirements, what we wind up with is a half truth. Are the promises of God true? Yes, they are. But we cannot remove the parts of the word that we want to remove in order to live a lifestyle we want to live. God's word is truth in its completeness, beginning to end. We cannot just pick and choose what we like. This is not a buffet line. Elizabeth and I went to a Chinese buffet line the other night. Man, they are the most interesting things ever. Our walk with Christ is not a buffet line. Amen? Are you all with me? You cannot neglect the instruction of the Lord. God has given us instruction. We cannot hope we just figure it out on our own. The broad, distorted message is popular. It feels good. Feels good. Real good. The broad message is popular because there are no restrictions. And there's room for everyone to do everything. Room for compromise. Room for immorality, tolerance, promiscuity. But later, we're going to see next week that there will be those inside the church, those that are professing to know Christ, to say, Lord, Lord, and God's going to say, I don't know you. Church, the Lord is trying to give us a wake-up call. The, the, Jesus Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit needs his church to wake up, 
to reality, not to worldliness, to kingdom reality. Because let me tell you, I do not want to get to the pearly gates and be judged by God and me say, Lord, Lord, I gave my heart when I was five. I got spirit baptized when I was 17 and him say, I don't know you. Pastor, this is rough. Yes, wake up. Take some Jehovah juice this morning. Please narrow, the narrow way combines the promises and blessings along with the requirements and warnings. We want to harvest without sowing. The kingdom way is a seed time and harvest. It is you sow and you reap. You give and you get back. There are requirements for good godly relationships to be cultivated and strong. This road is narrow. It's restricted. It says no to a lot of things. Parents, there are times that you have to say no. How many of you know God says no sometimes? He does. Why? Because he's good and he's right. Lots of things have to be left behind because the road is narrow. And it's difficult. What Jesus means that it's difficult, again, it's difficult on our fleshly desires. There are things out there that our flesh desires, but that will ultimately hurt us and possibly kill us. Let's just take one instance. Let's just talk about adultery. Having sex outside of the marriage feels good, seems good, but it will ultimately kill your marriage it will kill your relationships, and it will kill you. You go out here and get loose with your, rela- your sexual relationships, and you will wind up with diseases. Why? Because it's wrong. If sex is saved inside the marriage only for those two, there are no, no chances of getting those diseases. Why? Because God blesses the marriage covenant. There's no room for it to come in. Now, we want to say, yeah, but, but God will forgive me. No, 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 that, that makes me question your walk, compl- your walk. Jesus says, how do I know I love you? You'll obey me. You'll obey me. Now, do we have ways to fall down? Yes, we do. We have ways. The Lord has given us a way to come back. The narrow way is learning God's way and walking in it, not just the portions we want, all of it. Jesus never said it wouldn't be difficult. It's very difficult. And a lot of times you'll be alone because everyone else is going the other way. Look what it says here in Proverbs 14. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's the way of death. The problem is you think the way you're going is right. That's how Satan works, is he makes you believe the lie. Any of you ever lived under a lie that you thought was true your whole life until finally you got truth somewhere? I have done it. Couldn't believe I would live my life according to that, but I believed a lie. It seems right. It seems like it's right. You really think it's right. But there's only one way. John 14, 6. Y'all all know this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way There is no other way 
but by Jesus Christ. No other way. Only one way. Matthew eleven thirty says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, is Jesus saying, is he contradicting himself? Is he saying that, well, yeah, it is difficult, but it's easy? Well, yes and no. It is difficult on your flesh. Jesus walked this earth and was tempted in every way that we could be tempted. But in his spirit, in his ability to overcome, it was easy. He had the power of, he, he had his power. He had the Holy Spirit power. He had heavenly power to overcome what you're facing. We just sang a song this morning about overcome. You are fully equipped to overcome. I'm not saying it won't be hard on your flesh. It is hard. It is so hard, but you can do it. Your ability to do it, when you take on Jesus' yoke, it becomes easy. Not easy on your flesh, but easy in your spirit to be able to overcome your flesh. You can say no to your flesh. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. The Lord has given you the ability to say no and to walk it out. You can do it. You may be here today and you cannot get free. I want to tell you, you can get free. You can get free. He is not contradicting himself. He will literally carry the load for you. But you have to battle your flesh. All right, let's move on. Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs or uh, from thistles? Verse 17. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by your fruits, you will, be known, you will know them. This is still in the same thought, in the same sermon, in the same process of the narrow and the broad way. Jesus begins to talk about false prophets. What is a false prophet? It is someone who is a messenger for God, or at least they think they are, but they are giving a false message. Unfortunately, these wolves do not have horns and carry around a pitchfork and have a, a divided tongue. Wouldn't that be nice if they would identify themselves that way? See somebody on TV, you see somebody out in the workplace, whatever. Wouldn't you like it if like on uh, like, uh, Jeff Foxworthy, here's your sign, they'd wear a sign, I am a false prophet. You'd listen to them differently if they had that sign on. Wouldn't you? You would no longer listen to their character and to their charisma and to the way they look and how good they are at talking and you wouldn't even listen to their message, how good it feels. But you got that sign on. Well, the Lord's telling us how to see the sign. The problem is, is that we start to think the way we can identify somebody's problem in their life is by our discernment. That's what the Christians like to use as the word discernment or by your feelings or by what you think. You see somebody and you think, well, they're probably into that. How many of you know a lot of times what you think is discernment is just you meddling? Anybody ever meddled before? I don't talk, I'm not talking about Olympic type stuff. 
Yeah, I meddled in soccer. That's not what I'm talking about. Have you ever thought something about someone that was incorrect? Just because you knew them, you knew who they were hanging around, you knew what they were into. And a lot of times in the church world, we like to call that spiritual discernment. People will come to me sometimes and say, I feel like so-and-so is in sin or they're doing this or they're doing that. And can I tell you, it is so easy to grab hold of it. It's so easy to take the bait. Anybody ever have somebody dangle a bait in front of you and you just can't resist? Gossip, it talks about gossip, about being morsels that just taste so good. Gimme, 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 gimme. What have you got? What have you got? Stand around the water cooler. Go and get your hair done. Man, there's all kinds of places you can go hear people talk. And it's easy to take that bait. But Scripture says don't take that bait. You know what I believe that when you have literal spiritual discernment is it is a call to pray. Shut your mouth and pray. Most of the time, if you have spiritual discernment, it's somebody that you know well and you know well enough to be able to help them or the Lord wouldn't give it to you. He wouldn't give it to you in order to ruin their life. He would give it to you in order to help their life. So before we go start talking to one another, Justin, I heard so-and-so was into this. People will say that to me, and what I've got to learn to do is say, okay, let's pray about it. Let's commit to a week or so of prayer and fasting, and let's just pray for that person. Because Scripture tells me if that's really what they're going through, they'll show signs of fruit. But you know what happens if we go grab that bait and we start talking about it? We might even go confront the person. If they aren't doing that, you know what you've just done? You've just ruined a relationship. You've just broken a relationship that may not can be healed. But if you keep your mouth shut and you pray and it winds up not to be true, you haven't hurt anybody. They will be known by their fruit. What is their fruit? Remember, it seems like the right right path, but in the end, it's death. And most of the time, these wolves are great communicators. Now, it says they're they're, they're sheep and wolves, uh, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. That means they're among us. We're not talking about people outside trying to get in. We're talking about people among us. And again, don't forget, we're talking about believers. We're talking about inside the church. We're not talking about the world. The world is lost. We're talking about people that are trying to sneak in and take you from God. Right? Sheep that look like, uh, wolves that look like sheep. And what these wolves will do is they will do the same to you and your spirit as a wolf will do to a sheep. Tear you apart. How do we know them? By their fruit, not by our feelings. You cannot fake your fruit. You can put on a good show. You can sound like you know what you're talking about, but eventually your fruit will show up fruit check. Bless you. The fruit of your character, the fruit of your lifestyle, the fruit of your real self. Have you ever made a friend that seemed too good to be true until you finally saw their fruit and you finally figured out who they really were? Has anybody ever done that to you to where you acted like a great friend until they saw your fruit? 
Fruit doesn't lie. Our, distort, our discernment can get distorted by our flesh, our experiences, our history, our knowledge. Sometimes we call our reactions, our intuitions, our feelings. We call that discernment when it's not discernment at all. When the Lord truly lays a burden upon your heart about someone, it is a call to prayer. Scripture tells us that a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. And a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. A good person, according to the Sermon on the Mount, is going to make mistakes. We're not trying to say that a good fruit is going to do everything perfectly for the rest of their life. No, 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 no. The difference is a good tree will fall down, will repent, will come clean before the Lord and own what they have done and walk through the consequences of what they have done and will be restored. We have seen good men, good women fall and get up and start producing good fruit again. Now, it is not our job to condemn them and to never allow restoration to happen. That is wrong. That is not godly. Because let me tell you, you're going to stumble. But a bad tree will make these mistakes and continue in those mistakes. And their fruit will continue to produce bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So if I'm working with you and we've had some character issues and people have done this with me, it's important that we start to show fruit. Eventually, you're going to show fruit. Well, how do I show fruit? You don't have to worry about the fruit. God will show the fruit in you. Again, an apple tree doesn't have to worry about producing apples. It just has to stay connected. If it will stay connected, it will produce apples. It doesn't have to sit there and think the apple or will the apple or yay, apple. No, it's not on the tree's effort. It's on God's creative, God's creativity. And we don't have to sit here and worry about the, the, the fruit of our character. It will, it will show itself. If I am walking according to the Sermon on the Mount, if I'm giving my heart to the Lord, He's on the hook for the fruit. I don't know what kind of fruit I'm going to produce. I don't have to worry about what kind of fruit I'm going to produce. But I know that my fruit, if it's produced by God, is going to be good. It is going to satisfy me and it is going to satisfy those that I have influence over. It's going to be the provision that somebody needs from the kingdom. I don't have to worry about what it is. But if I'm producing bad fruit, I need to change. I've plugged into the wrong outlet. I need to unplug and plug into the right one. The Lord is saying, narrow is the way, but you must strive for it. I am preaching a funeral today, and um, I'm going to be giving basically this same message, that it is so easy to get on the wrong direction, and we really don't have that many days left. I don't care how old you are. You just don't know. You don't know. But what the Lord is trying to say to you is, I can, I, the Lord is saying, the, this is the Lord speaking, I can show you how you can know whether you're following me. You will bear fruit. I will take care of you, but you have to follow me. I will lead you and guide you into all truth, but you have to be led. You cannot keep walking the way that you're going. You've got to turn your direction and walk with me. 
Will you make that decision today? Seasoned veteran Christians, baby Christians, all of you, will you make a little bit of a course correction today to walk with God? Go back to Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and let's figure out where are we getting off, and let's get back on. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and let me pray for you. As you bow your heads with me, I just want to say to you, quit gossiping and murmuring and spreading rumors. It's sin. It's hurtful. Instead, pray. The Lord has put people in your your circles, in your camp, for you to influence them according to the kingdom. Quit hurting them and start protecting them. Quit dragging them down and start praying for them. Help cover that person and not expose them. Is this what you want people to do to you? Last week we read the scripture, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Why don't you start right there about the things that you're talking about your friends about. Why don't we close our mouth and make a commitment to pray for our friends. Make a commitment to pray for our spouse. Make a commitment to pray for our children and to our parents. Turn from hurting and turn, from help, turn to helping. Scripture says, if you love me, if Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. How do I know I'm a Christian? That I love the Lord and I show the Lord by my love, by my obedience to him. You know, a Christian whose king is Jesus follows the orders of the king. Those that are in the kingdom of heaven follow the orders of the king. Lord, we are coming. We want to obey you, Lord, but sometimes our flesh makes it so hard. Lord, help us in our walk to make the right decisions and to identify when a wrong decision is before us. And give us the strength to walk correctly, to walk according to your word. Narrow is the way, Lord. We desire to choose the narrow way and to walk in it. Let us be looking for the fruit of the wolf and for the fruit of the sheep. And to, Lord, be led by a truthful message and not by a false one. Do you know Jesus? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I just want to open this altar up to you today for you to step out and walk up here in just a moment and receive Christ. It is time for a change. Would you make that change? Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Christ today. You can do that right where you sit or you can walk up and let one of my prayer team pray with you. Maybe you're battling an illness, maybe you're battling a report, maybe you're battling a financial issue. Would you give it to God today? That's the Sermon on the Mount way, is quit trying to hold it all yourself and let the Lord have it. Let's give the Lord a chance in this matter. That's the narrow way. Ask, seek, knock. Would you do that? Those that are praying with me, come on down. We're going to sing a chorus. We just open this altar to anyone who is in need.
Amen.